Hey guys, this is Billy Hansen, and welcome to the Lynchburg Neighborhood Podcast. This is a podcast about the Lynchburg area, its people, and its history. I found that the more I get to know my neighbors, really get to know their stories, and the more I understand the history and the backstory and how things work here in Lynchburg, the more connected I feel to this place, and the richer my life becomes. So join me in exploring the Lynchburg neighborhood. Today is April 20th, 2020, and it is great to be alive and living in Lynchburg, Virginia. So I know that I dream, but I don't usually remember my dreams. But this past Saturday morning, I woke up and I clearly remembered my dream. And my dream was about baseball. And it was me and my son, and I was coaching his team, and it was opening day. And it was this really great dream. And that Saturday morning that I woke up was supposed to be opening day for Lynchburg Little League. And I was my, supposed to be my son's coach. We were supposed to be the Lynchburg Orioles. We were going to have Orioles jerseys. I just found myself really bummed out that we weren't going to do baseball. In the big scheme of things, I know that's a small thing. But man, playing baseball with your friends, getting to coach your son, getting together as a community at Miller Park, it's just a really special thing. And I think about all the little special things that people are missing out on. And on that morning, baseball was the thing that I was missing. And here in Lynchburg this past week was supposed to be opening day for the Hillcats, which is this fun place that the community comes together uh, to have fun and watch baseball. It made me think about a story that I worked on last year that I've never shared. And because I'm missing baseball so much, I thought I'd make something for people that love baseball to give them a little fix. Okay, so here in Lynchburg, we have a minor league baseball team known as the Lynchburg Hillcats. Now, when I was a kid, they were known as the Lynchburg Red Sox, and man, there was no funner place to be on a Friday or Saturday night than with your friends watching a baseball game, eating a hot dog, right? And at that time, our local team was affiliated with the Red Sox, so the players and the coaches were all part of the Red Sox system. Right now, the Hillcats are affiliated with the Cleveland Indians. So the players and coaches are part of the Indian system, but the local club is owned by a private owner. So while the affiliation could change through the years, usually the owner stays the same. And what's really interesting about a minor league team is it's really trying to achieve two very different goals. On one level, there's the Indians' goals, which is player development. They want their players to get better. They want to be able to evaluate them. And the players themselves want to get better and get promoted. So there's all this energy in the development of baseball talent. And then on the other hand, you have the local club, which is trying to provide a source of entertainment and enjoyment for the local community and be a good host for the team. They want to be a very fun family environment where people can come and have just a good time with people from their community. And if you're at the stadium, which was just renamed from City Stadium to Bank of the James Stadium, which I think is great, you can notice different things happening, which goal they're trying to meet. So if you go down the right field line, they have this big blow-up bouncy house. That is clearly for kids and for fun. It's to meet that goal of fun. But if you look behind home plate, you'll usually see a couple of scouts sitting with a radar gun, a pen and a pad, and that is clearly a talent development goal. And almost everything at the park, you can sort of point out and say, which goal is it trying to meet, fun or talent development? 
So if you see a group of college kids down the first baseline having a cold drink on a hot day, not a single one of them knows a single player on either team, right? And they don't care. It doesn't matter. They're just here for fun, to be here for the environment, to see some baseball. It doesn't matter who's playing. They just want to have fun and be together. That would be part of the fun goal. Or the young kids, right? They don't care who's playing. It's just a fun place to be. But then there are other people who come to the games for the talent development aspect. Take my buddy Vince Sawyer. He's a longtime Lynchburg guy who's been involved with tons of different organizations. And he's been coming to Hillcats games for years. He's almost a historian of local baseball. He's written articles about it. And I recently went to a game with him. And he brings a bag that's full of books. And one of those books is a book of prospects. You know, the 2020 Book of Prospects, and has all the prospects in the Cleveland Indian system. And he knows every player. And he can tell you every player that's ever played at the Hillcats and where they are now. Oh, I remember this pitcher. Now he's playing in the big leagues. And he's coming there for the player development aspect of it. And it's really fun to sit with him because you learn a lot. And he's somebody who obviously loves the game. And no matter what the reason is that brings someone to the game, Anyone who's there notices that there's certain rituals and routines that happen every game. And some of the obvious ones are the singing of the national anthem at the beginning of the game. innings there's all these different games and promotions and gimmicks just trying to amp the fun level up right they'll pull a kid or pull somebody out from the crowd and do something kind of fun with them like take for example the chugging challenge all right fans here we go this is gonna be fun it's time for the chill safe house chugging challenge we've got three contestants our three contestants are going to have to finish whatever is in their bottle in 30 seconds. The one that finishes first is going to be your winner. The winning ticket should have come in your cash game. This is clearly in pursuit of fun. And who can forget about the seventh inning stretch when we all get up and sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Which is followed by the dance challenge. But for all the people and all the rituals and routines and things you can see at the game, there's one really interesting thing that you can't see. And there's one person in particular you can't see. And that's Anthony D'Elia. Anthony works for the Cleveland Indians. But you would almost never see him. He's not a player. He's not a coach. And I want to tell you about Anthony and the hidden things that he's doing in pursuit of evaluating and developing baseball talent that the casual fan probably hasn't even noticed. Here's my conversation with Anthony D'Elia late in August of last year, just before the Hillcat season ended. You just tell me your name and where you work. Yes, Anthony D'Elia, and I'm a baseball operations fellow for the Cleveland Indians. Now, Chris said Tony. Is it Tony? Or? So I go by a lot of different <laughs> names. It's, it's Tony up in the press box. It's AD down here at my house. 
my mom will call me Anthony. So because baseball guys are notorious for giving nicknames. Big time nicknames. Yeah. Do you have any others? <laughs> Not from this year, no. When I was a kid, I was 12, and I uh, was a bat boy. Okay. For they have a tournament here. It's ODAC. Okay. They have the ODAC tournament here. And I remember being 12 year old, and these guys. I'm like looking up to them, like these ball, baseball yeah. players, like man, these ball players. And they gave me the like crudest oh, yeah. nicknames in the world. Yeah. And I'm like, my mom's like asking how it went. And I'm like, that was good. good yeah. it was, I mean, it was fun, but I would never tell oh, her absolutely. the things that they said. Yeah. Now tell me what you do again. So I'm a, the official title is a baseball operations fellow. Yeah, what does that mean? So it's the first year that the, the Indians sort of brought this up. It's a couple other organizations have attempted to do something similar to this where it's you're getting in on the grassroots so you're trying to be like the liaison between the data and then the staff players and all that so you're trying to help bring some objective data to the table so that they could use that for the coaches they could use that supplementary to what they see and sort of stuff like that and then hitters start to understand things a little bit more when you have objective data it's not just what you're feeling or you're seeing it's like this is fact this is the statistical viewpoint yeah. on that interesting so you work for the indians yes and some of the staff here works for the local hillcats front office right yeah. and then the players are in the system so all the coaching staff is indians so they're hired they're by indians. the indians the front like the front office and all that that is lynchburg hillcats we're basically here we were all scheduled to go here like during spring training they give us our assignment and we go to one of the six affiliates that we had. Okay, so you're just like the players, like you go to spring we're training. in spring. We don't know where we're going at the yeah. beginning of spring and they tell us this is the staff you're gonna have. Yeah. This is the, the players, that which there's a little bit more shuffle with the players. Yeah. But yeah, no, we go to spring every year not knowing exactly where we're gonna end up. So is this your first year here? This in is Lynchburg? my first year here, yes. Okay, and you're almost done. Yes, we Like are. a week left, we right? a week left. We're done on the second, I think. Where are you from? Stanford, Connecticut. Now, have you been with another season with the Indians before? So this is my first year with Cleveland. I was with the Dodgers last year in a similar type of role. It was more focused on strictly video, and I was out in California for that one. Here in Lynchburg, are you the only data guy? Yes. Okay. In the front office there, I noticed there was maybe six to eight people yeah. when I stopped by the other night. Are those all front office people, or are so they those, Indians people? They're, those are all Lynchburg people. It's, yeah scoreboard operators it's making sure the graphics are good the sound yeah. the music all that stuff okay but you get to spend a lot of time with this guy i'm up there every <laughs> night or every home game i'm up there doing uh it's called a track man it's basically tracking everything that happens on the field so i can cut up the video yeah. and how many cameras we got so i'll be setting up we'll have seven angles all together there's actually if you look in the dugouts there's yeah. four two in each dugout and then i'll put one out in center field There'll be one high up in home, and then there's a low home. So there's seven all total. So two in each dugout? Yeah. What What are the two? Are they both trained on the batter or one on the pitcher? So one's on the pitcher yeah. on like the, if it's a righty, that'll be the closed side. Then the open side over here, same with the hitters. There'll be a left-handed open one, a right-handed open one. And then the center field cameras, if you're watching a game at home on TV, that's the sort of view you'll look at. And then the high home gets sort of the entire field in it. The lower home just gets the pitcher and the hitter. So if I'm a Hillcat player and after the game, what do I get? What do I get from you? So everything from our game tonight will be fully uploaded, cut, ready to watch tomorrow morning. So that's usually 
a tomorrow thing where yeah. they come in and they look at their at-bats from the last game or the pitcher will look at his outing from that day. So they get an edited clip of just like every every pitch of so every at-bat. So it's a 10-second clip yeah. just getting basically the pitch and then whatever happens after that. Okay. Now, we're at high A here, yep. right? I think in my mind and a lot of people who aren't in baseball yep. world, we think of this level of data being out there but at the major league level, yeah. right? If you're a pro player, you're getting that. You're getting this level seven things in your inbox in the morning. Yeah. Is it a new thing for it to be at high A, to be to be kind of pushed down through the system? How, how new is that? I would say relatively new. Probably the last five to ten years, they've yeah. slowly implemented the stuff. Video has been there for a lot of it, not as detailed as it is now, not as a quick of a turnaround for them yeah. to see it. Um, like even last year, I know in Cleveland, they didn't have a video guy travel on the road, so they didn't get any road yeah. coverage. Yeah. So it's definitely a new thing to put this sort of amount of resources into a lower level team. Yeah. But it's, it's very important if you think about a, a player's development, just because they're at the lower level doesn't mean they shouldn't get, yeah. in, in actuality, I think they should get more attention and, and stuff on them than the players at the bigger levels, because there's so much more data that they actually can grab from yeah. rather than these low-level guys that we don't have a ton on. And there's this ease of use too, right? Like I remember, I grew up loving baseball. Did yeah. you grow up loving yes. baseball? You yeah. a baseball? Did you play? Big. I actually played baseball and hockey. I was yeah. a better hockey player. I played hockey in college all four years. Yeah. And I enjoyed the sport of baseball more, yeah. but I was always better at hockey, so. <laughs> Gotta go with the one you're better at, right? A couple of colleges asked me to come play there, so that's why I chose hockey, but yeah. I always enjoyed playing baseball more. Um, but I remember watching videos as a kid of, let's say, like Tony Gwynn. Yep. I think there's this classic picture of like him with all these VHS tapes and yep. every at-bat he's ever had, and like you know he was in it, right? Yeah. And now that's not just him. That's not somebody who has to. He had to like hire. He had yeah. to bring somebody in and exactly. help him with that. But every player at every level is sort of getting this. Absolutely. And that's huge. Yeah. And some players take it. We want to be able to present as many resources as we possibly can yeah. for the player. They, they need to figure out how to filter out what's too much, what's too little, like yeah. what should I be doing on it. Following your routine as, as well as you can yeah. and then and sort of going from there. So we want to give them every opportunity, every piece of resource that we can yeah. and then sort of let them sort of figure out what yeah. works best for them. So you guys are tracking this data. During the game you're tracking it and you're not delivering it with like, hey, I think your 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 elbow is down. Like, that's not how you're doing. I assume you're just giving them that package to work with how they want to. Maybe the coach, maybe a hitting coach so looks it's, at it. So it's a lot of where my my role is getting that information and then trying to disseminate it to the staff yeah. so they understand it. Yeah. And then I let the staff, they their job is to coach these guys to yeah. develop them. They have all the tools to do that. I'm trying to help supplement them and add something to them that they probably didn't have before, but they could use this as not just this is what I saw. Yeah. Objectively, you could look at and like, all right, the video lines up with that. My eyes told me this and the data backs it up. Yeah. So you can come at it in different ways because a lot of the kids, they need to see that objective data yeah. before they're able to, to make changes. Are there any, you know, there's sort of this like classic thought of like data driven versus like, I know what my eyes see, right? Yeah. And this isn't like an old thing, but there are old coaches and people of an old style that think like, I can see. Do you run up of any um, hesitation about using this data or they kind of just still want to go with what they, they saw? Our biggest thing is to, we're not, we're not taking that out. That's yeah. a very important element that will never be lost in this game yeah. that, that 
experience, what you see, sort of your instincts on that. Our whole thing is let's add another layer onto that. Let's let's keep adding stuff where you're not taking away anything. We're not trying to, to run those guys out or anything like that. We're just trying to help supplement to just to make you a better coach and to make these players aware of different things. So the data goes to them on that side. Now you work for the Indians and I imagine you've got a chain of people that you report yeah. to, right? So who do you report? Who's your boss? Like so, if they're not here, who are Yeah, you? it's we have a, a, a group of I'm a part of the baseball operations yeah. department. So we have we have a couple coordinators that are come in for three game series, come in and watch and sort of watch from afar. We it was something similar they did last year where they didn't have this position at every affiliate. They would come in in spurts, but they realized how important to have someone like boots on the ground yeah. at every place. So they'll come around, we'll have different, well, we'll call every Monday to sort of discuss like what went well here, what didn't go well, what's going well in Akron, what's going well in Lake County, what's not going well in Columbus, stuff like yeah. that. So you're getting a feel for everything, but they're extremely supportive in trying to develop us, not just making sure the job's going well, like what else we want to get into because it's it's an entry level position. Like we're there's a lot of different, I wear a lot of different hats in my job and I'm not exactly sure which one I want to take, but they're very, I don't know the word, but like open and honest with like whatever you sort of feel like you want to expand upon and, yeah. and develop your own self, they're 100% on board with that. Interesting. So where do you want to go? I, I've had a lot of uh, questions about that and it's, I always go back to I enjoy the my time when I'm out there with the, the staff and the players of like seeing that progression from a kid that like all right we can identify this as something we could work on and then seeing that week after week after week getting better at that yeah. I love being able like being a part of that process of seeing a kid we, we think we, we think we know what we could do with him and then seeing that progress so I really enjoyed this role a lot and I, I could see myself doing it again but focusing more on sort of the, almost that coaching side of things of being with the player, with the coach in the trenches and sort of find and doing that more like grindy work than sort of the collection of data or anything else like yeah. that. Does that position exist? It does. I don't know if it exists yet. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we're trying to, because this is the first year we're doing this, we're trying to figure out best practices moving forward. If yeah. it's adding another guy just to take care of the, the smaller video stuff first year we didn't exactly know how this was going to go how we were going to be able to spend our time on stuff yeah. and it was in the beginning very busy and you sort of find your flaw in your routine but there's definitely different things that we're thinking about for next year of how we could improve this position and maybe expand upon this this department in general hmm. and where do you see yourself like 10 years from now um, that's a hard yeah no know, it, right? it definitely but it's Definitely still in baseball. Yeah. Um, hopefully in a that general manager type of yeah. sort of. That's where, where I always wanted to be when I was younger, and it's sort of that same path of either in player development at yeah. one of the the higher positions there, because I I never really knew what went on the minor league side of things and. I, I kind of take more pride in getting a, a player to, even if his potential is a career minor leaguer, like getting him to that potential rather than at the big league level. I almost find myself enjoying the minor league level more than the major really? league level. Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. it like to see 
guys like Nolan Jones and Oscar Gonzalez, who I'm sure you spent some time yeah. with here, maybe got to know a little bit, yeah. to see them, uh, see them move up, see them get promoted, it's, it's, right? It's it's a little sad because you you develop relationships with these guys and you don't get to see them every day, but you're ultimately you're it's the happiest part of it. You you always want as much as you want to see these guys here and. BS with them and yeah. create those relationships. The ultimate goal for them is to keep moving up. So yeah. as quick as we get them in here, we want them to get out of here yeah. as soon as. So it's always, it's a bittersweet moment where you're very happy for him, yeah. but you're gonna miss the person here. Yeah. I mean, this guy's gonna be in the big leagues one day, right? I mean, it's the hope. You yeah. know, that there's always things that can happen. Yeah. Those guys are. Real deal. Well, real deal. <laughs> yeah. And that's where I first saw this. I got curious about it. I remember I was following Nolan Jones on Instagram, and he like put up pictures of like looking at his swing. Yeah. And of like multiple angles, and I was like, at the Hillcats, they have multiple angles of every swing. Yeah. And that was what first struck out. Yeah. Did he did he um, like data? I mean, he, did he was like that? he was big, especially on the video portion of it. Yeah. He's one of the first guys in every day looking at if my swings up yet. Can I take a look at that and. We would do some slow motion work with him just to see different things with his swing. But yeah, he was he's big into that and trying to figure out just because he knows what this organization is about yeah. with like the data. So like he wanted to sink his teeth into it and, and learn as much as he could just so he could help his own development in that, yeah. in that right. So how did you get here? Um, kind of unconventional playing hockey in college. Yeah. I right after school I got a job in Minnesota, Egan, Minnesota, working for Inside Edge. I don't know. So they are a, if you ever pull up an ESPN game day, like the, the app, Yeah. that data is coming from some of these type of companies that my job was simply to watch a baseball game and to chart what happened. So ball or strike, where it was in the zone, velocity, yeah. all that. And then that data would be sent to the ESPN MLBs of the world. Yeah. So that was my first job. Did that for a full summer, then went to the winter meetings, and we interviewed with a bunch of teams and landed the Dodger role, so video role, and high for them. After that season ended, again, went down to the winter meetings, talked with a bunch of different teams, and when I saw this opportunity, it was, yeah. this was the dream job at the time for me, just to, with, I had limited experience in baseball, this was, would really open me up. I thought like what I would want to do in the future and not necessarily that's, that's happened, yeah. but the experience has been awesome. Yeah. This organization is, I can't say enough good things about this organization. Mm. That's good. Have you liked Lynchburg? I have, it's, it's grown on me a bunch. I'm being, so last year I was out in California. Stuff's open a little bit later. There's, <laughs> um, there's a little bit more to do, yeah. but a lot of times it's, I'm getting out of the park at, 12, 1 o'clock. I'm just looking to go back to go to bed. And yeah. <laughs> they definitely support that here. Yeah. So we're talking about video and data. And I guess on the video level, you're sort of capturing video and showing it for your players. And then I assume anyone who wants to, in development, who wants to see, hey, how, how are they doing? How are yeah. their at-bats? Yeah. Right? But I guess data is sort of a different thing. Yeah. I, I, don't, I mean, I guess that would fall under data, yeah. but you've talked about data. Is there a different type of data that you're working on? Like, so, are you... A lot of stuff, numbers? Or? Yeah, no, so a lot of the stuff in like that data collection type thing is we have some, as I mentioned, the TrackMan, which will 
gather. It's a 3D Doppler radar system. That's you can see that black box right yeah. above home plate. Um, it's capturing anything that happens on the field. So we're able to use that to find out with pitchers a lot about their spin. So what their spin rates are, the spin axis of their pitches, and you can pull being out captured of, on there. being captured on there yeah. every pitch of the game. Yeah. So you're able to see where these guys are at, if they're consistent with it, not consistent. You can tell a lot about a player's arsenal by that and just how like, much he can grow from it. Um, and there's a ton that goes into that side. That yeah. Probably a separate conversation altogether just with how much of that goes into it. Yeah. But and then on the flip side, the hitters, you're able to see how hard they hit the ball, at what angles are they hitting it, yeah. and different stuff like that. And then we're able to disseminate some of the smaller stuff with that with Rapsodos. So this is a handheld device that does similar type of radar where you're able to, to track velocity, spin rate, spin axis. And then on the other side, we use more on the video side is an Edgertronic camera, which is I think we shoot in 1200 frames per second. So you're able, in the press box night, you'll see I'll have that running and it's, I get every pitcher and hitter from behind so yeah. they could see their swing and their motion in, in slow motion. Interesting. So it's not just video capture, it's video capture plus. It's got data with it. It's doing more than just, it's more than me just taking my phone and taking a video from this Absolutely. angle and that. So every, every, angle that we capture will have the data on the side of it. So when you're looking at a swing, yeah. or if your pitcher is looking at a pitch, he will see the video of that pitch from all these different angles, and then the data of the pitch, the velocity, spin yeah. rate, all that stuff on the side. So he could look at, on this pitch, it looked like this, and then this is the data on the side of it. Yeah. Now what are, what are hitters tracking? I always hear about like launch angle and exit velocity, and, and but what are people really keying in on? What are you guys keying in on here? I always like to look, a lot of our stuff we could do, we could make projections off of, if you hit it between these angles yeah. and at this speed, it's a base hit, it's a double, it's a home run this percent of the time. Yeah. So we look a lot about those two things are very important to being a productive hitter. So yeah. if you're hitting the ball at the 90 plus, the 95 plus at these angles, and say you go 0 for 4 that day with four line drive outs. We'd rather you do that than dribble four and get right. four hits. So a lot of the stuff that I gotta look at is the expected stuff. Like based on the swing you just took, what is your expected damage on that? Yeah. Because of there's a lot of things you can't control when you're in the box. We wanna look at on both sides, the pitching and the hitting, what you can control because a lot of things can go awry in this game. We wanna focus on what they can control. Yeah. Pitch in, pitch out. All right. You mentioned something we were on the phone. Positioning. Yeah. The shift. Yeah. I mean, I've had little kids, so I haven't been able to watch as much baseball the last couple years. Yeah. And I feel like when I turned it on to really start watching it, my kids are older, I'm like, what is everybody doing? They're pulling out cards on every single play, yeah. every single pitcher. Are, are you, is that, so, is that yeah, your we wheelhouse? Have, are you have, working on that? We have cards for our infielders and outfielders. Yeah. And a lot of it is, trying different things out, but we're going based on these players' entire careers where they've hit the ball the most. So yeah. if objectively speaking, we want to put our guys where they're going to hit it the most. Yeah. And a lot of times you're going to get pushback on it, but we're always saying if our big club does it, you need to prepare to do it as well. So like, yeah. 
I get it's not always the, the when a dribbler goes by in the six hole and yeah. normally 10 years ago that's where you'd be standing yeah you'd be right there it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> sort of we want you to be practicing in some in stranger positions that when you eventually make it up to the big league level you're gonna be there so yeah so I get how you would have data for your team how do you have that data for your, I don't know, who's your opponent tonight I don't even we know. have the Wilmington Blue Rocks the Wilmington Blue Rocks how do you have that data for them so the the track man data that we get for every game it's for both teams and every team in our league because every stadium has that that technology in there so for every game that gets sent into this database that every team has access you're sharing to. we do all share okay and i guess there's no advantage because you're both doing it exactly so you, everyone's yeah. able to see everything and everyone in the league's probably crunching those numbers absolutely is everyone doing the shift yes you'll see you'll see it tonight now will the shift change based on who the pitcher is Absolutely righty, lefty, if he throws harder, softer, if he uses more breaking balls. I, I want to see what a card looks like that these guys pull out. I don't know if I'm allowed yeah, to. Yeah, no, I, I'll have one up in the box. I now. mean, I would love to see one because I'm picturing, like, it's probably different for every position, yeah. different depending on what reliever you're going to bring in. I don't know. I don't so for, for ours, we've, I wanna, I'm not going to say dumbed it down, but we've simplified it a lot where yeah. we're doing – I'll create this card before every game, yeah. um, and then we'll do it for righty and lefty. Yeah. So we'll do it at that, and then you'll see when a different lever comes in, our manager will be on top of moving guys according to sort of what it calls for. So not everything is going to be on the card. These are just sort of starting points. Yeah. And then our manager will have like sort of the final say and like push a little bit more this way, that way, and out. Yeah. Because you never see a manager really come out like they used to, and, yeah, no, you know, no, get no. down the line, you know, yeah. want you to go over. Everyone's just doing, they're just pulling out their card. Exactly. Naturally doing it. Yeah. Now, can they see the pitch? I mean, maybe up the middle, can the so we're, second. So, they're always taught that up the middle can see what pitch it is and then relays it to the corners, corner infielders, yeah. and then same with center fielders should be able to see a sign. Yeah. If he's able to see a sign, you can sort of relay it to the other guys. Yeah. Because I used to play first. Yeah. And if I've got a, uh, you know, right-handed batter and somebody's throwing gas, I'm probably going to get it. Exactly. It's going to come in my hole. I'm going to have to move. And if it's a left-handed batter and he's about to throw a curveball, this could take my head off. Yeah. So it's kind of nice, but it's hard to know sometimes. Exactly. So you guys are relaying, and they're probably not moving enough to tip it off. Yeah, no, it's, it's a slight movement. they know which a, way they're ready to jump. It's a pre-pitch, yeah. sort of just an, it's almost like a thought, like, okay, this is coming. I'm going to probably be moving that way. Yeah. All right, so who's your, your coach, Jim? Jim Pekovitz. Yeah. He's our manager. Do you work with him? Is that Yes, a lot, especially with the positioning and, and, and that end of things. I'll work with our hitting coach, Johnny Naren, yeah. on an advance report for the starting pitcher tonight. So every that's a part of my duty. I'll do an advance report for our hitters. We'll have a hitters meeting around like 1 or 2 o'clock, and I'll sort of go over with the starting pitcher, how I think he's going to attack us tonight. Yeah. Um, and then I'll work a lot with our our pitching coach Joe Torres on different stuff in the bullpen. So you work with them on approach on how they want to attack? Especially for our hitters, so we'll grab. So you'll give them a lineup, hey, here's how exactly. their guys are. Exactly. And so you're working on how their pitcher, so you're analyzing their pitcher's data. Yeah, so I'm looking at that. I'm looking at a lot of video. Yeah. I'll look at this kid's actually pitched against us before, yeah. against a lot of the guys that are in the lineup today. So I'll, I'll go back and look at like, all right, this is how he attacked you last night. If he had success, he's probably going to go back to that. Yeah. If he, if you hit him, he may change it up a little bit. But yeah. I've noticed that the video is big on sort of that end because, like, 
the data is very clear. It's very easy for me to express that. Yeah. Going back and watching the video can tell a bigger picture about his fastball may look like this and may have these characteristics to it, but this is how he's done the tacky based on yeah. previous stuff. How do you know if you're doing a good job? Uh, like the, the guys on the field know, right? Yeah. Like I went two for four or exactly. I had two great at bats. So I always take it. I don't want any of the credit when they do well. Sure. I'll take all the blame when we don't do yeah. well. And that's just more of how I look at it. Um, but you, I, I take pride in seeing guys progress even if it's yeah. not on a – I don't really care about the results at this level. I care about yeah. routines and if they're – if they're doing everything to make themselves better. If, yeah. if I see it in practice, if I see positive stuff, whether it's a pitcher that's, we've identified this as a goal for him and he's reaching those goals, yeah. same with the hitter. The expected stuff, the I don't really care about the results driven stuff. I yeah. don't find any, there's nothing in that. You need yeah. to sort of have like a growth mindset to understand yeah. like the results are the results that yeah. exactly always mean something. Yeah. I'm just thinking of you like, these guys are prospects, right? And their goal is to do well, be faithful in what they're doing, and move up, right? They all want to. They all have the same goal. Yeah. Generally, it's to get to the show, right? Yeah. And you're a prospect, right? Yeah. In the Indian system, on some level. Yeah. In a different track. Yeah. But you want to do well, be faithful in what you do, and move up. Absolutely. But it's harder for them. I would think all your bosses are away. Like, yeah. How, how do they know? Like, man, he's been he's been killing it down there in Lynchburg. It's, like, getting that data out. It's a lot of. Um, hearing when, when coordinators like we have two or three coordinators in right now yeah um but it, it is a tricky thing where you can't exactly see like a result of like sort of what i'm doing yeah um in the same sense of like if a hitter is hitting well yeah it's like can, yeah he's spraying it. It. <laughs> exactly it's a lot of creating relationships uh yeah. with the coaches and then they'll get we always try to do feedback on sort of our yeah. performance in any aspect so taking that feedback constructively and trying to do better with that and then also they'll have from my bosses they'll get they'll ask about how how sort of my year's been just in each domain the last the pitching hitting coach manager when i see sort of those comments is how i'll gauge this year yeah now one of the challenges of, of playing this many games at the minor leagues i had some friends over in the minors on the road in like the midwest and it got to be a grind. Yeah. They were on the bus all the time. Yeah. And they kind of lost a little bit of love in the middle of the season or at different points, right? Maybe a couple of years in. You still love coming to the ballpark? Absolutely. Really? It's a favorite. It's, it's, I, when I was in college and I worked, my dad owns this construction company. Yeah. So I would work, when I was younger, I'd do a lot of labor work. And then <laughs> as I got older, I did some sub contract. I did, more office work yeah. and I did not like it <laughs> did not like it I did not like being in an office from yeah. from nine to five I just didn't really fit me so like I, I I'll get here at nine o'clock and I won't leave until it would probably be a later one tonight but 1130 so yeah so you still love it absolutely no, that's good man all right so what am I going to see you do in there so I I'll be running the track man so that'll be for every pitch and then I'll so have you to do it for every pitch. Every pitch, and it's a simple. All I'm doing is tagging the pitches, uh, um, tagging the result, and and shooting that pitch off. So it's that doesn't take a lot. And then as I'm doing that, I'll take the slow motion camera, yeah. and I'll takes I'll be able to take like every other pitch, whether it's the hitter or the pitcher, and sort of capture that. Yeah. 
So can I hang with you in the Absolutely. box? Absolutely. I can sit? Yeah. Absolutely. I didn't know what the etiquette is. Yeah, it no, looked no. like when I was in there the other night, I'm like, you're gets, trying to feel the little, room. It's like. a little tight in there, but not. Yeah, so that's cool. Okay, so after our conversation, I followed Anthony to the press box, which is where he sits. Now, the press box is this really interesting environment. You've got about six or seven people in the main room. Everyone in the main room works for the Hillcats, except for Anthony, who works for the Indians. Now, in there, you've got an old high school friend of mine, who is the official scorer. Now, what the official scorer does is keep a record of the game, and they've got to make key decisions, like, was that a hit, or was that an error? Then you've got the scoreboard operator. They're the ones keeping the score, the pitch count, all that right, so that everyone in the stadium can see. And then you have another person that's working the video board, which will have a player graphic and promos and ads in between innings. And then in their own private soundproof room are the two announcers announcing the game. And there's other front office staff moving in and out of the press box throughout the game, Um, like the guy who's down in the stands with the microphone doing the games and the gimmicks. Or someone like Chris Jones, who's the president of the Hillcats organization, and one of my favorite people in Lynchburg. He just brings so much energy and enthusiasm to whatever he's doing. And then the last person, the one that I found most fascinating, was a guy who was working the soundboard. Now what he does is play sound effects throughout the game. So each player has their own walk-up music, so as a player comes up to hit, he plays their walk-up music. Now the classic one is if somebody hits a foul ball and it looks like it's going towards the parking lot, he scrambles really quickly and hits the breaking glass sound effect. So if you hear that a game, there is a person pressing that button making that happen. Let's say the opposing team brings in a pitcher. He'll play no scrubs. So he's like the DJ of this minor league baseball game, playing music, playing just the right sound effect for just the right moment. So it's really fun just to sit behind him and see what button he'd press next. And then finally, there's Anthony, and he is sitting at his little terminal tracking the data and video that he needs to track. And I asked Anthony what it was like to spend a long season in this press box with this group of people. And he said when he first got here, his plan was to do the same thing he'd done in L.A., which is put his headphones on and just focus on the game and not really talk to anybody. But he ended up forming a lot of friendships. Like he just said it was just a good room with a good group of people and actually made it fun. Fun to be there in the press box with that group. And there really is, even when I was there, there's this camaraderie there among the people. Because they're there for every game, and they just develop this rhythm of being together. So I'm sitting behind Anthony and watching over his shoulder while he's locked in for every pitch. Now it's really cool to look at the technology that he's watching. Because it's almost like watching a major league game. You know how they have that pitch track which shows whether it's in the strike zone or out. But it's even more advanced and detailed. Like the guy for the opposing team is this big lefty with this killer curveball and you can watch on anthony's screen as it cuts through the zone and it'll show how much it broke like 12 inches which is almost an unhittable pitch when that guy's throwing as hard as he's throwing with his fastball now another thing that happens in the box is if there's a really close strike call everyone else in the box will look at anthony and go was it a strike and he's got it on his screen he can really tell you whether it was a strike or not obviously things on the corners can go either way but that brought up something else anthony told me that even umpires have tendencies that come out in the data. Like maybe one umpire loves to call a high strike, or one umpire loves low and away, and they're more likely to call a strike there. So he gives his pitchers and his hitters 
briefings before the game about the umpire and their strike zone and where they need to protect and what they need to be looking out for, which is really fascinating. So just a couple observations about data from my conversation with Anthony. One, um, collecting and analyzing data is not something you do to get ahead of your competition in sports or in business. It's something you do to keep up with your competition. Like it's so commonplace that you need to invest. Number two, data collection is a big investment. They've got someone like Anthony at every club at every level who is spending a bunch of time and has a bunch of equipment to try and get the best data. And then the last thing is, no matter how much data you collect, if you don't analyze it and implement it in a way that is useful, it's going to be meaningless for your organization. And it sounds like Anthony and the coaching staff have found a way to help it add value for their players and for their team. So after the game, Anthony and I sat down together in the bleachers and talked a little bit more. And this time, it's much more quiet because the only people left in the stadium are the grounds crew who are fixing up the field. I guess just tell me what a player is going to get tomorrow. The following day, it'll be all you got to do is you put in your last name and it'll, it'll populate every at-bat you had with us. Yeah. You can go all the way back to if you were drafted in 2016. And it'll show a clip every pitch and it'll give you any metric you want on that any angle that we have available for that and they could go through and watch a lot of a lot of the hitters like to see their open side to see how they're moving and a lot of our hitting coach likes to see like what are they doing what are they moving with what was that pitch okay you kind of did something here that's Mm -hmm. probably why you were late on it pitching coach likes to use our the camera that's right here for delivery stuff he'll look at that he'll look at the slow motion video we can compare it from start to start for example, one of our pitchers was throwing a lot harder early in the year, so we're trying to figure out, is there anything with the delivery? So we were able to yeah. go back to a start in May, and there was some differences in his delivery. Like Maybe that's why there's a tick or two off the fastball. Mm. So there's a lot of different ways that people use it. Some people use it a lot more. Yeah. Some guys don't really like to see it because that's just sort of who they are. Yeah. So. Well, I imagine, it, depending on who you are, it could get in your head. Absolutely. Right? Like, you could it's a very much a mental game, it right? It could be paralysis by analysis like there's a bunch of guys that we don't show stuff because we we don't think it's helpful for them it's small doses for some guys some guys they can't get enough of it so we just we were able to pour it on and in that case i would imagine that a coach can still watch that video still pick up the thing he wants to say but just say it when they're in bp exactly save the video exactly yeah that's sort of always the like if you want to go in there and watch it great but a lot of the stuff it's almost better for the coach to watch it and then yeah. being able to sort of give his take on it to yeah. him. It's good when they both watch it and they may have a different opinion on it. Yeah. And that's, I think, when you start getting really good stuff. So can you tell me about a time when this work that you're doing, this data that you're capturing, you felt like really made a difference in a guy's game, whether a pitcher or a hitter? Was there a time you're like, man, like that helped push the needle a little bit. I know there's yeah, a lot going on, yeah. a lot of coaching, a lot of their own stuff. Yeah, so it definitely, I think it's always going to be a combo of the two where I think I see something and then the, the staff sees something. Yeah. And a lot of times it, it's, I think I've seen the most is with pitchers and like they're, either they're not using a pitch enough that's like really good, but they yeah. just maybe not have, don't have confidence in it or they can't really th- throw it for a strike. Or like according to everything that we're seeing on our end, like that's a very good pitch and like, yeah. We want you to throw it more. So yeah. I think we've seen that with different type of guys where it's like throw this pitch less just yeah. based on stuff and try to throw this pitch more. Mm-hmm. And we've we've seen success with that. Yeah. 
there's a guy I've seen, Johnny Groyle. Groyle, yes, he's our, he's a special advisor, I think, in player development. He's, yeah. His big focus is on bunting. That's it. That's where he, yeah, he'll come in. He's, I think he's come here three times this year. Um, and he'll have the guys out and spend a lot of time with them on bunting. Yeah. Does he go for data? Does he? Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. He'll. Because you would think, oh, he's old, you know. Older school guys, like our manager was an older school. He played in the big leagues yeah. for a while. Our hitting coach is an older school guy, but like, I think the way that we approached it, like we didn't come in like guns blazing with yeah. it. We, there was a lot of talk during spring about slowly integrating stuff yeah. and gaining trust of them because yeah. that's the most important part in any relationship is to build that. And then once they see sort of what you are able to do on a day-to-day -day basis and then what this can sort of provide, yeah. it, it helps out a ton. He seems like an interesting guy. I saw him one time out here, and then I was reading his bio and like former big league manager, yeah. like been around the game forever. Exactly. Like, I yeah. bet he's interesting. It's, the staff I last year was a lot younger, so I was I was excited to be with like older guys that yeah. have because you sort of you just don't always get this that like type of coaching staff. Sure. Being being around that, I've learned a ton about just some the nuances of the game that yeah. you just won't get unless you've been around the game for. 50 plus years, 40 plus years. Do those guys have any wisdom on, like it seems like baseball is this long grind, right? On a couple levels. The yeah. season's a long grind. Yeah. And then a career is a long grind. Like, they, have they given you any advice on like career stuff? A lot of like stuff on that end is like our hitting coach will always say, make sure not to like burn the candle on both ends. So like, yeah. Especially early on in the year when guys want to get a lot of swings in the cage. It's like, just, I will always go out there with you, but just like understand this is game 10 of 140. <laughs> and then even yesterday, one of our coordinators was like, I know everyone's sort of excited, like the year's ending, you get a little bit of time off, but just think like Cleveland, they still have 20 more games once you guys are done. Like, yeah. your mindset should be on what they're doing because if you feel burned out right now, Think about when you're at the big league level. Yeah. You got another month to play. Yeah. Hopefully, at the least, you've got some playoffs as well. So. Yeah. What do you think? So there's the the role that you have, right? Like, which is right now data collection. Yeah. But we all have different roles depending on where we're at in our career. What do you think you bring? Like, other than like, I know what you do, but what yeah. do you think you bring, like, to Cleveland? Like, what do you think they saw that they were like, yeah, we gotta yeah. have? I think it 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 takes an ability to especially in our clubhouse where all this data it can be a very scary thing to players and staff that have done their job for a yeah. while without it yeah and then it all comes in and they're seeing all these teams and articles and everything about all this data in the game and sort of finding a way for them to trust it because it's not an easy thing when it's this brand new thing everyone's doing it change is never an easy thing especially with people that have done their job very well yeah. and have had success in it, and then they're asking them to do something completely different mm. in a lot of ways. So I think I was able to build build trust with them just to know like what my work ethic is and to see like this is what the effect you can have on it yeah. just through the first month where I brought along all this stuff very slowly. Yeah. And then as they started to trust me and sort of what I was bringing to the table, we were able to see like leaps and bounds like our manager using this, like being 100% into shifts, yeah. where it's like, 
there's objective data on it. So like, why not be? Yeah. And he bought into it. And our hitting coach, we had that hitting rep sort of out there every day during BP, and we'd get results on it. And he'd be the first one to ask me like, how did everything look today? So like, getting that buy-in, yeah. I think it takes like someone to really understand like, the front office has all these ideas. Yeah. But if you're not like on the in there yeah. every day and understanding like, we want to we want to implement this tomorrow. Well, we just had a road trip, a 10-day road trip. We're going to get in at 4 a.m. Maybe tomorrow's not the best <laughs> right. day to do it. Yeah. So I think just through that experience of being with the team every day and seeing like what the front office envisions and then what is actually possible, yeah. blending those two together, there's not many people that are going to have as much experience with all of that. Yeah. So you're able to bridge that gap. I felt between like I, them and Cleveland and, and then on the ground. Exactly. The and there's were, different stuff that they wanted to implement that some of it we were able to do and some of it it's just not possible but yeah. it, it was a, it was definitely a conversation between both parties and understanding <laughs> some things are just not going to be as feasible as they may look. <laughs> what uh, when is this job really good? Like when is it like man this is like this was really like when was that because I know my job is highs and lows. Like yeah. Sometimes it's boring. Sometimes yeah. it's kind of a drag. But sometimes, like, I have moments where I'm like, man, this is good. Yeah. Are those moments? What are those moments for you? It's, I mean, it goes back to a lot of, like, when you see something click in a kid. Especially, yeah. like, when you've been working with him for a while. And, like, he understands it, but just not there. And then, like, you see, like, in an instant, like, it clicks. And I could, I could look at Joe, who's our pigeon coach. Yeah. And, like, we look, and we're like, that was it right there. I don't know what you just did. And then being like able to see that, like those moments are cool. And then whenever I, I talk to like some of my, my roommates from college and it's like, yeah, another day in the office at the accounting firm. It's like, you know yeah. what? I'm pretty lucky to be where I'm at. Yeah. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Oh, buy me some peanuts and crackers. Man, I'm just so thankful for Anthony sharing his story and his experience being here in Lynchburg working with the Hillcats and the Indians. And it's just so cool to think about all the interesting people that the Hillcats bring to the area and also how the Hillcats bring our community together a couple times a week. The Hillcats organization is such an important part of the Lynchburg neighborhood, and I hope that they're here for a long time to come. And we may not have baseball right now with everything going on, and that's okay. But one day, we'll play it again. Little League teams at Miller Park, the Hillcats... At the Bank of the James Stadium, we'll play it again. And we're going to end this episode the way every Hillcats game ends. And that's with Hillcats fireworks. See you next time.